0: Hello, and welcome to the One Link Podcast. I'm Amy, and I'm here with Brad. Hello. We're talking today about a question that you said you've been asked, Brad, when you've shared about international missions. Can you tell us more?
1: Well, as my family and I served overseas, uh, we would obviously come back on furloughs from time to time, and we would often have the opportunity to share about our work. and during most of those times we would share, there'd be a question and answer time. And there was one question that someone almost always asked in one form or another. Hmm. And that was, why should we go all the way across the world to share the gospel when there's so much need right here in America?
0: Yeah, I can see how that would come up. So what would you say to them?
1: Well, I think it's important to remember that this isn't a competition, right? Hmm. If we are faithfully serving where God has us, then we don't need to feel any kind of angst when someone shares what God is doing in other places or in other ways. I I think some part of that question often involves the unspoken question of, are you saying that what I'm doing isn't as important as what you're doing? So I think sometimes we have to step past our own insecurity and, and allow others to be passionate about what God's doing in their lives without feeling that that somehow diminishes what God's doing in our lives. I mean, ho- hopefully that makes sense.
0: I think it does. And I think there's a part in all of us that wonders if we are doing enough or wishes that we were more faithful in reaching out. And I can see how talking about uh, missions would play on that insecurity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think if we can agree that God is calling us to faithful obedience, period, then that's a good place to start in this discussion. Agreed. All right. Well, to dig into this issue, we first, I think, have to ask ourselves a few questions. The the first one is, are people somehow more lost in other parts of the world than they are here in America? And mm-hmm. the answer, of course, is no. There are no degrees of lostness. The Bible describes us before we put our faith in Christ as being dead. Yeah. And despite what that one guy said in the movie, The Princess Bride, there aren't any <laughs> degrees of deadness. You either are or you aren't. So... In Christ, though, we, we become alive spiritually. So, again, there aren't any degrees of this. In, in Christ, we receive new life, and outside of Him, we're spiritually dead. And this is true no matter where you live. The other question is Does God somehow love people in unreached parts of the world more than He loves people here? Hmm. And the answer, again, of course, is no. Right. God equally loves all people no matter where they are, and equally desires that they be saved. So this isn't an issue of the value of people here versus the value of people there.
0: Right. So what is the main issue then?
1: The issue that compels us to go to unreached areas, despite the fact that there is so much need here, has to do with access to the gospel. Hmm. You see, you and I live in a place where we have access to the Bible. We have access to fellowship with other believers. We have access to the good news. But there are many places out there where this simply isn't the case. They just they don't have access to any of these things. So let me give you an example of what this looks like practically. There was a time in my life, my freshman year of college, that was one of the lowest I've ever experienced. Hmm. I was struggling in school. I was lonely. Hmm. I didn't have any deep friendships of any kind. I never should have taken Chem 130. (laughs) It was just an extremely difficult time in my life. But because I was in this place, I was hungry for something better, and I was open to change. Yeah. And one day, I was coming out of the cafeteria in my dorm, and there were two people sitting there from a Christian group on campus. They started talking to me. They developed a relationship with me. And long story short, the next semester, I became a believer, and my life was changed forever. Hmm. Now, I believe there are people all over the unreached world that are probably in very similar places, but when they come out of their cafeteria— there isn't a Christian group there. Hmm. There's no church in their community. Yeah. There's no Bible they can get access to. They simply don't have access to, to any of these things. And and I think that's something that should burden our hearts. It has burdened my heart for years. Uh, it, it's why I do what I do. And I think it should really break the hearts of, of believers.
0: Absolutely. And like you said, it's why we do what we do. Now, you've mentioned several times the word unreached, just so that we're all talking about the same thing. Can you explain a little more about this word to our audience?
1: Yes. Uh, basically, anyone who doesn't know Christ, we might commonly describe them as lost, right? Yeah. The term unreached means that not only are you lost, but you don't even have access to the good news that brings salvation, what we were just talking about. Yeah. So this is what I mean when I talk about this kind of access. You know, we we might think, well, why don't these people just reach themselves? Why do we, Why do they need us? And that's the thing about being unreached. There aren't even any. There aren't enough believers. There may not even be any believers among that people, or they're in such small numbers or so scattered that there isn't enough critical mass for them to reach themselves. So unless someone comes from outside of that group, humanly speaking, there's no way for the good news to spread among that group. And sadly, according to the Joshua Project website, more than forty percent of the world fits into this category of unreached.
0: that is a a sobering statistic, more than 40% of the world. You, You said, humanly speaking, it's impossible for the gospel to get to these people. However, we know that nothing's impossible with God, so one could argue it could be said that couldn't God just send angels or give people dreams and visions about the good news? In fact, you hear all the time about people in other areas of the world having these types of dreams and visions.
1: Well, that's a great point. And thankfully, the the task of bringing the good news to the nations doesn't rely only on human efforts. In fact, outside of the grace and guidance of the Lord, it simply can't happen. But we have to be really clear here. God has provided a way for the nations to receive the good news. And as far as I can tell, there's no plan B. Mm -mm. And that way is to use believers like you and me to bring it to them. Yes, like you said, certainly God does give people dreams and visions, But in almost every case I've ever heard of, these are just the beginning of a process that ends with a person connecting with a believer to hear the good news and being discipled. Paul describes this plan in Romans 10, 14 when he writes, And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? So certainly God doesn't need us to do this, but in his infinite wisdom and for his glory, he's made it so that this process of redeeming the world will happen by using believers to bring the good news to those who need it.
0: Yes. And, you know, I was reading a quote from a missionary the other day, and the quote said, Without God, we cannot. And without us, God will not. And I think this is the idea that this person was trying to capture. God chooses to use us in this task of reaching the nations. So maybe can you talk a little bit now about how God wants to use us?
1: Well, the very next verse in Romans 10, I think, sums it up. And in verse 15, Paul says, And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the Scripture says, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Mm-hmm. Now, there are a number of ways that we see in the Bible the gospel going to places it has never gone before. In, in some cases, God sends the unreached to us. Yeah. In Acts 8, we see this Ethiopian eunuch who comes to Jerusalem. He gets a hold of the, a, a scroll of Isaiah. And Philip is right there when he's on his way back home, right place, right time, Lord <laughs> yes. ordained. Yes. And I think God is doing for that that for us as well. I mean, the, the number of international students on our campuses and our communities—they're mm-hmm. right on our doorsteps, and we need to reach out to them. We also see people, whether they like it or not, being pushed out among the unreached by upheavals and all this kind of thing. You know, early in in chapter eight of Acts, we read about a persecution that breaks out. Uh, among the believers, and they're scattered to all these different places, and wherever God has scattered them, they start sharing the gospel. And we, we see this in other parts of church history as well. Yeah. But I think the primary way that we see the church going to the unreached is by people being called out mm-hmm. and sent to go to places where the gospel has not gone yet. And this is yeah. primarily what we see in the latter half of Acts with the travels of Paul and Barnabas and others. They were intentionally sent by the church to go to places that had not yet received the good news.
0: So what does that look for us today? And does it mean we we all go buy a ticket and travel overseas and go to the unreached?
1: Well, you probably know that my answer is gonna be that of course, no, not everyone is called to go overseas. Right. But I will say this I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I wasn't hoping to see more people go. Mm-hmm. And we, we all need to be faithful to what God calls us to. And for me right now that means being in America. But I hope that by our efforts here that many will be compelled and called to bring the good news to those who don't have access to it.
0: Amen. May it be so. What you're saying makes a lot of sense, but we still have this issue of there being so much need here in America. What are we to do with that?
1: Well, the short answer is if God has us here in America, we should seek to share right where we are. This is certainly a, a both and kind of a deal, not mm-hmm. a and or. Sure. Uh, and I think a core value of the Christian faith is that we should make disciples right where we are, wherever God has us. But if we're going to be honest, there will always be more need in America or any place in the world for that matter than there are people to meet that need. You know, we say that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. That That's true everywhere. Yeah. And so if we wait until everything is great here in America before we go to the nations, the unreached will never get the good news. And this was true in the first century as well. We read about the early church in the first part of Acts. They were still just, you know, in Jerusalem at that point, And there was more need to meet right there than they probably knew what to do with. We read in Acts 5, starting in verse 14, Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women. As a result of, of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats, so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. I mean, these men and women had no shortage of needs to meet and meaningful ministry to do. Yet what do we see God starting to do right after this? Sending them out to other places. Mm -hmm. So the Bible never makes it a prerequisite that all the needs be met in a certain area before the gospel goes to a still unreached area.
0: So to ask a Another question, and and perhaps put it in economic terms: If we send people out from America, won't we scatter our resources too too thin? I mean, won't the church here become weaker? Things already feel kind of like a mess here sometimes.
1: Well, I think we feel this way because we're focused on our limited capacity instead of God's infinite capacity. Now, we may not feel like we can do both, but God isn't deterred by the size of this task. You also mentioned the church may be getting weaker here in America if we start sending people elsewhere. The truth is, if the church is walking in faith and obeying God's command to make disciples of all nations, it's not going to become weaker. It'll become stronger. Hmm. The church becomes weaker when it becomes inwardly focused, not outwardly focused. So I think we also have to remember that while things, the things we have here in America feel very normal to us, the reality is that they are extraordinary when you look at the rest of the world and even the rest of Christian history. Yeah. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that the American church has more resources to bring to the task of reaching the nations than any group of Christians in the history of the world. Hmm. Uh, and I don't just mean financially, though we, we have, I think we've been abundantly blessed in that area, but access to teaching and education and discipleship tools the fact that we can hop on a plane with our American passports and go virtually anywhere in the world within 24 hours. We speak a language that people are learning all over the world. I mean, the list goes on. Yeah. What if the Lord has given us these resources for a reason? I believe he has, and that the reason is that we can, so we use them to make disciples of all nations.
0: Yeah. And just hearing you speak this, this truth, I'm, leaning forward in my chair i'm i'm getting excited mm, um me because too. <laughs> yeah and and i don't think we're the only ones though who hear this and are reminded of, of these truths and so if there's someone out there listening to this podcast and and what you're saying is is resonating with them in some way what what's the next step
1: well part of me wants to say hey stay tuned to this podcast and we'll keep yeah. sharing our hearts here but uh you know, in some ways, that, that's a big question, yeah. at least in the sense that there are many ways God may call us to be a part of his mission to reach the nations. But in another sense, so much of this process is simply about aligning our hearts with God's yeah. when we are burdened for the things he's burdened for, when we are growing to love him more, uh, when we're doing the work of, of praying and spending time with him, listening to the Holy Spirit, asking him to use us. Some of the specifics, the whens and the where's, in my opinion, tend to fall in place. So, if that's you out there, please know that we're praying for you and we're asking for God to guide you. Yeah. See you next time.